Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts today be pleasing in your sight, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Jesus, summer is a time, I think we might all agree, summer is a time when people tend to take vacations. Right? And there's a good reason why summer is the time for vacations. Uh, It's not just because the weather is nice and warm. It's not just because kids are out of school. But it's also because maybe by the time summer rolls around, I guess it's nearing like the end of the fiscal year, and maybe you're a little bit tired from all the things that you've been doing. I wonder if you've ever felt this way where summer rolls around and you can like physically feel how ready you are for a vacation. Because your schedule has been packed, you've just been grinding it, doing all these things, and you're starting to keep track of so many different things that you're losing track of some of them, and you just need to like press pause and step back and, and get a reset. You need a break. You need a vacation. Maybe you've felt that way. Maybe you feel that way right now. Um, but then here's the thing, is that sometimes our vacations don't end up being quite as like restful and relaxing as we're envisioning them to be. Uh, maybe the week before you go on vacation, you have to do twice as much work, and then the week after you get back, you have to do twice as much work to catch up, and, and that's kind of exhausting. Maybe you just got on vacation, and of course something happens tragically at your office. Some project blows up, and now you're doing this emails and phone calls, and you're supposed to be spending time with your family. Or maybe you're trying to take vacation and your flight gets delayed, or your kid gets sick, or maybe you're trying to take vacation and one thing leads to another and you find yourself sitting in traffic in 90 degree heat in a rented minivan where the air conditioning doesn't work and you're listening to your kids that are car sick in the back and the other two are fighting. You're wondering why you even came on vacation in the first place. Sometimes maybe, maybe you've gone on a vacation where you come back and you actually feel more stressed out and tired than when you left. Uh, As one famous author put it, no man needs a vacation so much as the man who just had one. So, I don't know if you are going on vacation this summer, or where you might be going on vacation this summer, or whether your vacation is actually going to be as restful as you want it to be. But regardless, I have some good news for you today. Spiritually speaking, God has a source of rest and refreshment available to each and every one of us, and we don't have to travel anywhere to get it. It's available right here in God's Word. So this is the first sermon in a series. For the rest of the summer, we're going to be working through this series, which is called Conversations with God. And what we're going to do in this series is each week we will hear a psalm written by an Old Testament believer, and they've got a particular issue on their heart. And so we'll listen to those believers pouring out their hearts to God, and then we'll listen to God's Holy Spirit speaking in response to them. Today's topic, our first conversation with God, has this kind of a theme. God, I'm exhausted. I need refreshment. Maybe, like, I need a vacation. So, spiritually speaking, what circumstances might happen in a person's life to leave them so exhausted and so burned out that they're saying, spiritually, I just need to rest? What kind of circumstances might make a person feel that way? 
We don't know that much about what's going on in the life of this psalm writer at this time. Who knows what he might have been dealing with. But you and I, we have our own spiritually exhausting things, right? Just like we have physically or mentally exhausting things in our life, we have spiritually exhausting things in our life. So where does your spiritual exhaustion come from? Maybe you're exhausted from praying for the same thing over and over and over again. It just doesn't seem to be happening. Maybe you're exhausted from fighting the same temptation over and over and over again, and you just don't seem to be winning. Maybe you're exhausted just because of the constant feelings of comparison and guilt and pressure that seem to permeate almost every relationship that we have with other human beings. It just gets exhausting constantly comparing yourself and feeling pressure all the time about whatever it is. Maybe you're exhausted because you look at your life and it's kind of passing you by and maybe you wonder sometimes if you're making the most of the precious hours that you've been given or if you've made any impact at all during your time here in this world. I don't know what spiritually exhausts you. You have your things, I have my things. Uh, But life can be spiritually exhausting. We're spiritually, we're like, "I, I need a break. I need some rest. Thankfully, rest is exactly what God has promised to us in his word. So the psalm writer says it like this. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night because that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Now I am not a horticulturalist or a a tree expert, or anything like that. But even I can tell, this sounds like a pretty good setup for a tree. If it's planted in a spot where it doesn't even need to be watered because there's a stream of water right where the roots can reach down. Like if this tree is feeling a little bit dry, it doesn't have to travel. It doesn't have to wait for the gardener. It just puts its roots down to the stream of water that's flowing right there, and it absorbs all that it needs. And a tree that is in this kind of like a perfect watering situation is going to be green and lush and healthy. And if it's a fruit tree, when harvest time comes around, it's going to be absolutely loaded down with fruit. It's the ideal growing situation for a tree. So according to God, that tree is you. It's the believer. It's the Christian. And that river of flowing water is the word of God. Jesus called it the water of life. So let me ask you this. What is it about the word of God that makes it so refreshing? Well, quite simply, it's the message of the gospel. It is the message of free forgiveness flowing down from God to sinful people like us. And it's not a a cheap forgiveness where God is like, yeah, you messed up, but it's not a big deal, I'll just ignore it. It's an expensive forgiveness, where God says, you've all really messed up, but I'm sacrificing my own son, and he has paid the price for you in full. And the price has been paid in Jesus' holy, precious blood. Forgiveness is ours, and it's given to us now, free of charge, with no strings attached at all. So that concept of totally free forgiveness, not cheap forgiveness, but expensive forgiveness given to us totally free. There's nothing else in our world that really works that way. 
in our normal world, no one else is going to fix your mistakes for you. No one else is going to give you a penny that you didn't earn or deserve. No one else is certainly going to come swooping into your empty life and just fill it up with meaning and purpose. You're on your own. In the normal world, figure it out, right? Solve your own problem. This is how our world works. But in the Bible, we learn that God works differently. He solves our problem. He fixes our mistakes by sending his son as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And then through faith in Jesus, God promises us an eternity in heaven that we absolutely did not earn or deserve. And meanwhile, God comes swooping into our otherwise empty lives and he does fill them up with meaning and purpose. Because when we realize we're children of the eternal king and we're going to heaven, we are eternal souls. We look around our world and we recognize everybody we interact with is an eternal soul too. Right? And so that fills all of our interactions and all of our relationships with eternal meaning, eternal purpose. God's word is deeply refreshing because of that message of grace and forgiveness, because of the message of the gospel. That message lets us rest in the knowledge that God loves us right now and he's going to love us forever. And that message also builds us up to produce fruit in our life of sharing God's love with more people. So, you are a believer in God. You are God's child. You are that tree. And maybe you're envisioning yourself because you have constant access to God's word. You're envisioning your roots reaching down towards that stream that is right there. And so I think God's first encouragement for you, the believer this morning, is drink up. Read your Bible. You've got it. Read your devotion book. If you don't got it, there's a little stack of these on the back table before you go out with a little half-page devotion. Read your devotion book. Come to church. Uh, tune into church if you're not here in person, if you're on vacation. Join a Bible study. We're going to kick off a whole slate of new Bible studies in the fall. But all of these things that Christians do, right, where we're reading the Bible, we're doing these studies in church, and the reason we do all these things is not out of obligation. It's not because we're going to feel guilty if we don't. It's because we're thirsty. We need spiritual refreshment. And there is nothing more refreshing than that beautiful gospel message of free grace that we find in the Bible and really nowhere else in the world. So, Psalm 1 starts with a deep encouragement about our spiritual refreshment. It says, you've got it. You're planted right on it. Reach down and drink deeply. But then the psalm goes on and it tells us why we're going to need it why we're going to need that spiritual strength and refreshment. And the reason is, like we talked about last week, as we walk the path towards heaven, there are going to be many challenges and many obstacles along the way, including people in our life who are trying to pull us off of God's path. That's going to happen, God says, to every Christian. And so here's how the psalm writer puts it. He says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. I wonder, when you heard us read those verses before, I wonder if you recognize the progression in those words. I like this graphic because it kind of shows it visually. So this is what could happen to a person who's, who's going through this world, trying to walk towards heaven, trying to follow God. First, it may happen that a person starts to walk in step with the wicked. 
So this would be like spending time um, with some dangerous influences and spending time around some wickedness and watching wickedness occur and becoming comfortable enough with it that it doesn't really seem very wicked to that person anymore. The next step is that that person stops walking and they stand in the way that sinners take. So it's like a, a path is now diverging off of God's path. And this person is no longer walking around with wicked people, but they're stepping out onto that path and they are indulging in the wickedness themselves. But then there's still more. The third step is that this person could finally reach the point that they go and sit in the company of mockers. Now this person is committed to the wickedness. Right? They're off God's path, they're, sit, they're walking, standing with their wicked influences, and now they're just entrenched and encamped down in a lifestyle of sin, not moving. In fact, this person has now become a mocker, which means as other people are walking by, trying to follow God on the path towards heaven, now this person is making fun of them and making them feel foolish for following God and beckoning them down off the path to come and join in the wickedness. So I don't know that this uh, progression comes off real well when you hear this psalm in English, right? But this is the picture, that you're slowing, you're stopping, you're deviating off the path, and now you're just camped out in sin. As we look at this progression, I think we could say, this doesn't sound like what we want to do. <laughs> this obviously doesn't seem like a good progression for our life. This is something we'd want to avoid. But what maybe is not quite so obvious to us is that this progression is the exact progression that every single sin wants to take. Every single sin wants to go down these steps, pulling us further away from God until we are committed to being away from God. In the New Testament, the Apostle James talks about this, this feature of sin, like this slippery slope kind of a thing. And he says it this way, Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed, then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So it's desire to sin to death, and it just keeps building and building. And this is the progression that, that every single sin wants to take. It's scary when you think about sin that way. When you think about the little sins of thought that we have and the progression that they want to go down to action, to unbelief, and finally, to condemnation. We realize that you know, this idea of being spiritually, spiritually refreshed by God's word, it's not just about our personal comfort. It's about life and death. Because, yes, the child of God is like a tree planted by streams of water, but not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So maybe now you're picturing the path to heaven as this long, narrow, winding road. And there's all these paths going off to the side. And there's all these people on those paths beckoning you to come down their path instead of God's path. And it's a pretty intimidating picture. You start to think, how am I going to make it all the way to the end of this road? How am I going to make it all the way to heaven. We, we talked last week about throwing off the sin that so easily entangles us and, and trying to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. How am I going to do it? Well, the answer 
is found in that same beautiful gospel message that we've been talking about the whole time. Because we sink our roots into the refreshing water of God's word, and what do we find there? We find a perfect Savior who has already provided forgiveness for every wicked path that we have ever gone down. And we find a loving God who doesn't leave us to walk this path alone, but he promises he's going to be walking with us every step of the way. We even find a vocal God. He's not content to walk with us in silence and let the voices of the mockers and the tempters and the distractors be the only ones that we're hearing, but he speaks to us consistently and clearly with the beautiful voice of his gospel, and he keeps calling us and leading us in the right direction. May God grant us the wisdom to listen to his voice. Because blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. It doesn't mean their whole life is going to be perfect and easy. It doesn't mean your whole life is going to be perfect and easy. But it does mean that the end result of your life, a life in Jesus, is going to be very, very good indeed. So summer is vacation season. And I don't know if you're going on vacation this summer. I don't know where you're going on vacation this summer. And if you do go, I cannot guarantee that your vacation is going to be as restful and relaxing as you hope that it will be. I hope that it is. But regardless of what you're doing, I do know this. Reach down your roots. Drink deeply from God's grace. And you will have all the rest and refreshment that you need. Not just in summertime, but the whole entire year. Walk through your life with Jesus. Keep listening to his word. And he will never let you down. And when you do that, not only will you find spiritual rest that lasts forever, but your life will be meaningful and fruitful because God will be using you to share his eternal rest with others. And may God grant that to each one of us and work that in each one of our lives for the sake of Jesus our Savior. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus your Savior. Amen.